0: back next week we'll try it again. <laughs> Maybe you will too. Maybe you're doing something next week. I don't know. Uh, could you, you turn your nose off during the show sir? you want to save your battery life? <laughs> <laughs> nice rack though. Very nice rack. <laughs> we are the hunters when you need them? You know this guy is
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> guy's wearing antlers in my audience. It happens every year. Same yeah. guy I think. Actually. Are you the- here every year with those antlers? Yeah. Okay it's the same you. Okay. It's the same you. Okay. Uh, The news now. I'm going to assume my news persona. Well, you know, nobody looks good in a mug shot. (laughs) Let alone a hermaphroditic albino with chronic wasting. (laughs) In Wisconsin, he'd be worth 200
2: bucks if you bag him. Well, what do you know? From Jackson, Mississippi to Portland, Oregon, it's Michael Felbin's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulin on piano, Jeff Hammond on bass, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, David is author of They Walked Into Sunlight, War and Peace, Vietnam and America, October 1967. March. The hotline and the What Do You March. Know quiz. Support for What Do You Know comes from PRI affiliate stations with additional financial support for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support is also provided by the Boca Foods Company, makers of lower fat meatless products. Boca Burgers, dinner sausages, chicken patties and nuggets, and breakfast patties and links are available in the frozen section of grocery and natural food stores nationwide. Boca. The taste will change you. On the web at BocaBurger.com. Now the man keeping his white tail covered during deer season, Michael Feldman.
0: Yes, I have Because it's furry as well, that's... Uh, yeah. So I, I just don't go outdoors with it. No, you do no. not want to. No, not during, we just started today, Deer Seas, right, yeah. Well, okay, back to the news then. Uh, Well, he said he was bad, you know, yeah, yeah. People thought it meant good, you know, but actually sometimes bad is bad, let's face it. Uh, Michael Jackson, Redux, uh, what's next? O.J. and another failure of anger management? This is, I'm tired of this thing in advance, you know. I don't wanna see the picture anymore, I don't wanna, you know, deal with him, fine, you know. It's the opening of deer season, that's the important thing here in Wisconsin, and if I were any kind of a guy, I'd be doing something about it right now. (laughs) But I figure they never hurt me, you know. The good news is uh, fewer of the deer and more of the hunters are chronically wasted this year. <laughs> and you figure you can take that 200 bucks you get for a chronically wasted deer, and that's good for three or four hours at the tomahawk tap. <laughs> you know? Maybe two hours, depending. Yeah, if you yeah. buy the shot, if you're buying that's shots right, for, everybody, for everybody, it's not going to last that long. Uh, the president is back from the United Kingdom, or at least uh, so it said on the screen behind him. <laughs> Didn't say mission accomplished this time. Okay. Uh, the height of the trip, of course, was a joint press conference with Tony Blair before adjourning to wrestle nude in front of a roaring fire. <laughs> Part of that special relationship. We <laughs> it's from Women in Love, D.H. Lawrence. Look it up. Why is that called Women in Love? I never understood this. I, didn't, I didn't. Men wrestling nude in front of a fire. Yeah. Where is the Women in that? Love there?
2: Alright, see. Behind the scenes.
0: Uh, Mr. Bush, however, stayed in Buckingham Palace and did not see anyone squeezing Prince Charles' toothpaste tube. So that's the good news. Uh, Mr. Bush thanked the British people without ever having seen one. (laughs) He did, however, meet the British boy in a bubble, so that was something they met. Their their bubbles touched. There were throngs of British anti-war demonstrators who fed pigeons in Trafalgar Square in protest of the president's visit. This is not good stuff, but it's you know it's, it sounds like it means something. Uh, in other news, the White House was evacuated when a Prius drove within five miles of it. <laughs> makes you think, doesn't it? it makes you think. Makes you think. What's funny about that? I don't. Uh, Iran is to be censured for its nuclear program. That's a slap on the detonator. <laughs> China will launch a satellite in a high orbit by handing it one man to the next. <laughs> the AARP reveals the R is for Republican. <laughs> we thought you had to be retired That's all this great. time. Uh, the retirement organization is supporting the Republican uh, Medicare plan, which would phase out the elderly entirely by 2010. <laughs> The first energy uh, electric utility in Ohio was found to be the source of the blackout in the U.S. and Canada, which occurred uh, when the disconnect notice and the check crossed each other in the mail, (laughs) Massachusetts to marry Connecticut, (laughs) but what will Delaware? uh, Governor Mitt Romney, recently of Utah, says he will seek to define marriage as being between one man and seven women. The way it should, the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the teacher in North Carolina who forced students to drink milk till they puked has been reassigned to cafeteria duty. <laughs> and the judge, relieved of duty uh, for keeping the Ten Commandments in his courtroom, will become a minister and install a two-and-a-half-ton copy of the Alabama statutes in his sacristy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the news. That is. It. Thank you very much. through it as quickly as I could. Thank you for your indulgence there. You know, of course, did I introduce Jim Packard earlier? I think I did. Oh, thank you. He's still Jim Packard if I didn't. And what about those boys in the band you enjoyed so mightily? John Kuhlin, Jeff Hammond on the bass. Now, here's a local boy who made good, David Marinus. Uh, he uh, writes for the Washington Post, but he's, he's, uh, he's a local. He's from around here. He's got a new book, which is getting, getting rave reviews. Uh, they Marched in the Sunlight. It sort of juxtaposes uh, the the guys who were sent to to Vietnam on one day in October, what happened to them, and what happened here in Madison, Wisconsin, which I was at, by the way, uh, on October 17th, I believe it was, 1967. And uh, it makes for quite a fascinating book. And David's online with us from Washington, I believe, I hope. David, you there?
3: I'm here. How are you? It's a glorious day in Washington, but I wish I were in Madison. Well, it's
0: crappy and overcast here. <laughs> of
3: course. So you're That's lucky. why we don't come back in the fall and winter. I know.
0: Those low-hanging clouds, you know? They don't go above like 400 feet maybe, oh, tops.
3: I remember it well.
0: Yeah. You know, I was there. I'm kind I'm of I'm, I'm mad you left me out of this book.
3: Yeah, well, it's kind of <laughs> like the ice bowl, you know. I think a million people were at the <laughs> ice bowl for the Packers, and everyone was in the Commerce Building
0: that day too. I was not in the building. I was when I was the original innocent bystander on uh, basketball. I
3: thought I was the original innocent
0: bystander. I we could fight about this oh, okay. if you want, but you got the best-selling <laughs> book. I don't, so I guess you'd win. But uh, yeah, and I was there, and I, uh, you it, were a
3: sophomore that year.
0: I was actually a sophomore because I I started in Milwaukee, uh-huh. and my brother Howard went here like ten years before me, and I, I thought panty raids, you know. So just like in the book, I went up and there was one panty raid. Right. And then like a week or two weeks later, whatever, there was a Dow demonstration and the whole campus shut down. And it was just in that, and things turned around that quickly.
3: Yeah, they really did.
0: Uh, rather an amazing period.
3: Well, what do you remember about that day?
0: I don't remember the the, uh, the mimes. I know the mimes are a big brothers. Uh-huh. The mime troop I know was there in town. Uh, I didn't see Peter Coyote, but I think he was. <laughs>
3: no one did except perhaps one uh, co-ed.
0: Yes, he was with the co ed during the revolution. <laughs> he missed the entire revolution. He wouldn't get out of bed for it. So. But uh, no, I do remember uh, being tear gassed. You know, and that sort of changes your life. Yeah. Because uh, everyone who was out there, in whatever, no matter, they're just watching see what was going on, you know, because they had the Commerce Building blocked here on campus in 1967 as an anti dao Dow was uh, recruiting on campus, and there was a protest. And then when the police threw the tear gas, suddenly, it changed everything, you know, and people were not only sneezing, wheezing, and whatever, vomiting, but uh, rad- getting radicalized, or so they thought, anyway.
3: Right.
0: And it cha- I remember changing, and then I went home for lunch. And was <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: that was the easy part of the revolution.
0: You could always go home. Yeah, but nothing was, I figure I lost a good decade to this whole, that whole event, actually, because it, it, it sort of took you out of your time and space. It removed you from what you thought was true and what was happening and put you in a place that didn't really exist in a way.
3: I think that's true to some extent, but I wouldn't call it a loss. I think it—it's
0: well, just uh, a different place. Yeah. Well, no, I lost ten years doing okay. wander, wandering wandering around in Kenosha. You know. <laughs> I, you'd have to call that a loss, really. <laughs> <laughs> Things went well for you, but um, but it's, And you, you juxtapose this with with the guys who went to Vietnam uh, on that same day. What was happening to them? This this troop. The uh, yeah.
3: I started with the uh, protest at Wisconsin because I. I witnessed it myself, and I wanted to write about the the totality of the war, uh, both the anti-war and the war itself. So I literally went to the uh, library at the Washington Post where I work and said, what was going on the day of the Dow Demonstration? Mm -hmm. And found this uh, incredible, awful, uh, emblematic battle in which 60 soldiers from the 1st Infantry Division went on a search and destroy mission. And well, 60 got killed out of 140 Mm -hmm. on this. One day, while the protest was going on in Madison,
0: yeah, these are the Black Lions,
3: the famed Black Lions. Yeah, one of the oldest battalions in the American infantry.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, and actually, um, their story is riveting. You know, and, and these are these are guys who were like pr- the uh, sons of factory workers, working class kids, mostly
3: working class, absolutely.
0: In uh, in this a lot of them in this area. There's This guy in Milwaukee, you talk about.
3: Yeah, Danny Sikorsky, yeah. Sikorsky went to Boys Tech in Milwaukee, a classic working-class kid. His nickname in Vietnam was Ski, but they couldn't call him that in Milwaukee because all of his buddies... Everybody turns around and and if you say Yes. say yeah. that. And he was killed that day.
0: He was killed, and so many of them were killed. And this was more or less covered... This event was pretty much covered up or re-engineered.
3: It completely uh, lied about by the American military afterwards. Um, they, they fabricated a Viet Cong body count um, simply by adding up the same bodies again and again to, get, to make it look like it was a victory. Uh, they refused to say that it was an ambush, which it was. It was a three-sided horseshoe ambush in which this battalion was surrounded um, by 1,200 regular Army Viet Cong soldiers who'd been waiting for them for a day and a half. The American military couldn't acknowledge this because it was right at the point in the war when General Westmoreland, the uh, commander in Vietnam, was claiming that they could win merely through battles of attrition, just go out and find the Viet Cong uh, and kill enough of them and they would win the war. And so he kept, he was asking for more and more troops to go over there. And this battle sort of was the refutation of that whole strategy, if you will. Mm -hmm.
0: And... um you know it, it, and so one is tempted to compare and contrast uh, maybe the children of, of privilege, if you would, yeah. uh, here on campus with with the working class kids, kids from with families of military background, the kids who went to war and uh and that and that's one thing that does happen in this book and and uh, I, it, in, in a way, you look at sort of what happened here in Madison, and a lot of it when I was here looking at it, I thought, well this is like they're playing uh, cops and robbers or they're playing uh, cowboys and Indians here
3: well they're they're vastly different uh situations yeah. physically and the and the you know the danger of life and death in the jungle is far different than being on a campus yeah. but I think that the uh the the decisions that individuals have to make depend on their life situation, and I think those are equally valid whether you oppose the war or fought in it yeah, yeah
0: I'm guessing. i'm even at the time, though, I thought really like a lot of people don't know what they're doing on campus here. You know, uh-huh. no one really knows. Like the, the girl who in in the in the book says, you know, I'm I'm radicalized. You know, <laughs> what what does that mean? Right. Tell me what that means. You know, yeah, so exactly. there was there wasn't a real understanding of of they weren't really political in a, in a lot of respects. It no, was, it you know, was it
3: was, a, it was a sort of an awakening for a lot of people, and some some went on from that to really study the war deeply and yeah. get involved in. In understanding foreign policy and, and America's role in it, and some of it just sort of played it out as a cultural phenomenon.
0: But your your heart has to go out to these these kids who didn't know what they're getting into at all, uh, and went to Vietnam. Some because their fathers did, their family did, yeah. and, and some because it was the thing to do. You know, it was the right thing to do, or whatever. And you, you did it. So I know, and I didn't really get to meet this this type type of, uh, of of kid. Until, in Milwaukee? Well, no. Until yeah. I was here in Madison doing uh-huh. radio, and, and some of the VVAW guys were back from Vietnam, the Vietnam vets against right. the war, and these are and they said you know they went they went in because he was uh, 18 years old and nothing else to do you know, and found himself in a situation that he had utterly unprepared for. Oh, he absolutely. Was wounded, was shot, and uh, uh, recovered from that, but never really recovered from it. You know, these guys. Yeah, never... I think
3: recovered. that you know over the course of doing this book, I interviewed virtually all of the soldiers who survived the battle, yeah. and each of them in some way, uh, I mean, it's the defining day of their lives, um, and they all have different traumas coming out of that situation
0: were, were they, and will for were, the were, rest of their lives. Were they radicalized by, by their some experience? Some were.
3: The hero of my book, the main character, is a, a, a soldier named Clark Welch who was a company commander Um, in that battalion. He had tried to talk the brass out of walking into the jungle the way they did that day. Um, He was Mm -hmm. overruled because they just didn't want to listen to him. They were so uh, aggressively in pursuit of the Viet Cong. He went into it as a true believer. He believed in the cause. He believed in his men. And he came out of it um, disillusioned, really. And, And he said, told me he was in a dark hole for about 30 years until I found him. And he started to tell the story. And Find some of the other soldiers. He thought he'd let everybody down, but more than that, he thought that the government and the military had let him down. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I also I find the parallels with what's going on in Iraq to be significant. And, and I and I feel in a way that th- these these guys now who are going to Iraq are not being written about at all, or being or their stories are not being told, even to the extent of where the funerals and more
3: in the, the bodies yeah, come back. Yeah, sure, are, they're are not the body. The uh, the, the the bodies returned to Dover uh, Air Base. Um, I don't think that the government wants that part of the story to be told right now, but it it will be, and and I think that people are feeling it. And I think that uh, there are a lot of parallels between Iraq and Vietnam, even though I think the situations are different, but human nature and government responses are the same. Uh, And uh, the soldiers are in a place where they don't know who the friend is and who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rationalizations for starting each of the wars based on questionable intelligence, whether it was the Gulf of Tonkin or or the weapons of mass destruction. In October of 1967, right as my book is taking place, you have a Texas president um, who is insisting that he's prevailing and the press is getting it wrong. So you do have a lot of those yeah. eerie parallels.
0: And, and I think also, too, that... Um the campus radicals, or whatever the time, or, or people on campus, took such credit for ending the war, or, t- or but really, the the tipping point or the turning point in the war was when when the, the families who sent kids to fight began to feel that they should not be there, that it w- that it was in fact not something not worth fighting for, that it was not you know worth the investment of their children, uh, among
1: other
3: things. Yeah, I, I I think that. That it was uh, in October of '67, it was just starting to be a majority turning against the war, and that right. that turned heavily three months later when the Tet offensive came, and and a majority of the public decided that this war just wasn't winnable. Um, I'm probably not as hard on the protesters as as you are. I mean, I I, I don't think they ended the war, but they certainly um, uh, away. You know, I mean, they they were. I think they were on the right side, even if some of their tactics were, yeah, were no. questionable. And they yeah. kept it alive for a long time. And no, I th- finally, I, I think the that. public turned with them.
0: It's just that you know, you know these people, or if you meet them, you see <laughs> them, and you realize sort of where they're at. You know, psych- emotionally or psychologically, or whatever. with there a lot of them just ran out afterwards, after this demonstration. You know, sure. And and weren't and, I, and people weren't actually a lot of them were not committed politically to anything really beyond.
3: I think they were, yeah. uh, there was as much diversity in the anti-war crowd as there was in the, uh, among the soldiers. Mm-hmm. I think that there were as many mistakes made, or more, made by the military than by the anti-war movement, and of more consequence. But I, but I do in the book try to present the, the reality of what it was like in the movement, um, yeah. not just glorify it.
0: Well, I think that's true. And uh, and, and many people did go on to do uh, do things of great importance and or of more importance, anyhow. And um, some ended up working for the state of Wisconsin. You know, <laughs> some Men- ended many. up
3: as mayor of Madison.
0: Yes, with some with mixed results. <laughs> but uh, I think that's true too. But some of it. Um, well, well, Paul
3: Soglin is is uh, was an interesting character for me because yeah. he was in the building that day. He was bashed by the police. It was the moment in his young life when he started to emerge as a leader. Right. Um, and by the time I caught up with him uh, a couple of years ago. I was interviewing him at the Shorewood pool, and he was complaining about sort of the young kids of today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, life goes on and changes.
0: Yeah, well, on on campus, uh, it used to be a hotbed of student unrest. Now it's a hotbed of student rest. But, uh, you know, (laughs) if there were a draft, it would be an entirely different uh, situation. Oh, I think
3: absolutely. I think the draft was uh, when people ask me the difference between then and now, I, I think the draft is a huge part of it. Just the intensity of the debate every day. When you were a young man or or a woman of that era, you know, will you go? Will you support someone who goes? Will you go to Canada? Will you go to prison? Yeah. Um, how do you really feel about the war? It just made it that much more intense day after day.
0: And and so and I, I still can't help feeling that the background of so much of this is is a kind of class warfare. You know, you see, you saw it in Madison certainly between even uh, uh, call them townies or whatever or working class families. And university kids who just hated each other, basically. Yeah,
3: I think that was partly true. Some of the police who went into the the Commerce Building that they really were eager to bash some heads. And yeah. one of the officers uh, I quoted uh, willingly told me that he, you know, at one point he he thought it would be nice to drop a nuclear bomb on top of Bascom Hall. Rosalind. That's you know, that was you know you're Rosely. right about that division. But this book is perhaps a naive effort to bridge that gap. And and wherever I've gone on my book tour, I've had Uh, Vietnam veterans, some survivors of this battle, Mm -hmm. and um, Wisconsin alumni or old protesters who've come together and seen the commonality of their experience during that difficult period. That's really what the book is about, more so than the divisions.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's also, I mean, academia is interesting to me, too, because the way the University of Wisconsin handled everything was, was horrible. But it was, they were in a, basically based in space, I think. They were space-based.
3: <laughs> well, it was a very tough time for the uh, traditional liberal uh, academic uh, leaders of Wisconsin. They, they couldn't come up with any creative ways to diffuse the situation, and they were essentially paralyzed, caught between the conservative legislature and the radical students, and they just really didn't know how to respond. Yeah.
0: And, and and all those divisions still exist I, I mean I know this this book bridges them <laughs> and, it, and it does I think it's good, and it's good as a as a talking point especially well you know but
3: it sort of goes against the grain of everything that that's going on in the modern american culture i yeah. mean you've got uh, the the right wing uh, shouting and the left wing responding um i mean that those are what all the books today are about essentially okay. so i i understand that that what i'm trying to do is sort of swimming against the stream but but I think it's closer to the truth than, the, than just the shouts from either
0: side. I, I don't remember seeing Dick Cheney up here. That's what I mean. I was, years later... Oh,
3: well, you, did you hang out in the computer science building? <laughs> no,
0: I meant to, but I, I didn't.
3: <laughs> he was there. Um, he was uh, essentially, he'd flunked out of Yale twice already by then. Now he was in graduate school at Wisconsin in the political science department. Um, some of the Professors i 've talked to since the book came out, said, "You got it right, except that you didn't realize that Lynn Cheney was writing his papers for him <laughs> um, Still, and uh, yeah. he essentially sort of is uh, emblematic of the type that he certainly wasn't against the war, and he wasn't really so much for it. he just didn 't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. you know he didn't want it to get in his way, and as I say in the epilogue it's, it's kind of it was easier for Cheney to try to ignore Vietnam when it was going on than for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there are a lot of people in Washington, the leaders and architects of the war in Iraq, who uh, really didn't want anything to do with Vietnam and are trying now to obliterate the lessons of it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no, I think that's true. The, and the chicken hawks, as yeah. point well, many times. Yeah, is one of those.
3: And, the, and there's, uh, most of the architects of this war are.
0: Yeah, Wolfowitz and... Uh, Pearl and so forth, and, uh, and that's that's kind of an amazing development as well, that people who, you know, so someone was saying that the other night. Who did I see saying that? that, that at least the protesters were out there about not wanting to serve. And
3: yeah, no, I think that, that that's true. I mean, I think that the people who were actively involved, either as soldiers or protesters, at least had to go through that period and think about it in a deeper way, mm-hmm. um, whereas these some of these other folks were just trying to, Avoid history and avoid the reality of
0: that moment. Yeah, well, it's it's a great book. They marched in the sunlight, uh, about basically about one day and the the lead up to it and the aftermath of one day in October of 1967 in two places. And uh, David, uh, you're doing well. This I, I wish you the best.
3: Well, thank you, Michael. You, 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 I. I I'm doing as well as I can out here in Washington, and I'm eager to get back to Madison next summer.
0: Yeah, and it's been optioned now, I understand. Tom Hanks is, is optioned? Well,
3: or? yeah, uh, it it may be. A, he, he bought the, the book, the rights to the book. Um, the odds of movies being made out of books are pretty dismal, but I think he's read it and is interested in it, so we might it someday.
0: When's the Vince Lombardi one coming? Are we waiting for that all these years.
3: <laughs> Me too. I don't know. Um, that one too has an option. So. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see that. But as I well. just write the books. I, you know, I, you can't control it after that. Um, <laughs> when I saw the screenplay for the Vince Lombardi book, they, they had a scene where there were three African American Packers being discriminated against in a restaurant. Except, problem was that one of the three black players was named Henry Jordan, and his. All of your people out there who know the Packers know he was a white guy from the South. So you can never tell about these screens. Picky,
0: players. picky, picky. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, David. Nice okay, time. David Thanks. Marinus. They marched in the sunlight. <laughs> there we go. And that's um, Simon and Schuster. Well, you can't miss it, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a big book, but it's interesting. I looked, I read through it, and oh, I forgot to tell him actually. He mentions my house. (laughs) It's in the book here. The the house on Drake Street. I have a little house that I use. It's it's Feldman Enterprises now, former student slum uh, near near Vilas Park. What happened there? It's mentioned in the book. The guy who cut down the flag on Bascom Hall, shot off firecrackers, and uh, ran. And they pursued him back to his house, which is where I'm now spending most of my time. and uh, I won't give you the address because I don't want busloads <laughs> coming from Minnesota to, <laughs> there it is. to see it. But uh, yeah, so he lived there. And, and this is a guy who is a Zelig like character. I forget his name, actually. Who Bob. Who was like at every major event of the 60s and 70s, he was there. You know, it was Woodstock, he was there. Altamont, he was this guy. He was the guy who cut the flag down. So. And Drake Street, he was there.
4: He was there, yeah. The Ice Bowl, H. Dolby. He was there. <laughs>
0: Interesting book worth reading. Where were you in 67?
4: Uh, huh? Where were uh, you, pal? I I were you out there? <laughs> no, I think I was a freshman in high school or something. I don't know, or in eighth yeah. grade. Uh, I was a little You were involved, though, weren't be. you?
0: Platteville, you were there protesting in Platteville? No. Tearing that M down off the hill? <laughs> that big M the mining school put up there?
4: No, I was climbing up on top of it to <laughs> do things. <but> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were really right on the M? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Were you alone? I bet you were. That's no, well I that's, what the, <laughs> no, I I that's what the alone. M was That's what the is for. Oh, okay. Wasn't alone. I got you now. And Jeff yeah. probably was about uh, seven years old. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's just a kid.
4: He had just finished second grade and was looking forward to the third. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised you didn't see you out there there, third grade.
0: Yeah, this has got a little number here for us. Uh, um, yeah, this is called Don't Be Blue. Don't be blue. John Tooling, Jeff Hammond on the books.
2: Thanks. At NotMuch.com, you're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know? from PRI, Public Radio International. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is that song called? Don't Be Blue. And is, it, is that the one that goes? Yeah, da, 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 da. No. <laughs> oh, that's a different one. That, that must be the one you played before the show. That's still on my mind. What is that one?
4: Before the show? Yeah. Uh, it could happen to you. Yeah, it could happen to you. That's Thank it, you very yeah. much.
0: <laughs> See, you <laughs> raise your hand, but you know the answers. It's okay. How did you know that?
5: Um, because I listened to it on the Karin Allison album. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Are you a musician yourself?
5: I'm not, but my husband loves jazz, and uh, he that's how he picked up jazz was listening to the show. And
0: you picked up your husband. <laughs> that worked out perfectly. She picked up a guy who picked up jazz. So that, that really worked. And your name is?
5: Beth Cooper Zobat. Which one is it? He's Zobad. I'm Beth Cooper. Well, that's
0: good. Nice to have you here. And we got uh, we got a big group came in. Are you with the group, sir, Mr. Nose lights up, big rack, big rack on it? Are you with the group from Minnesota? Is that we're we're the Minnesotans who bust in here today? Don't raise your hands, people. I keep (laughs) telling you. I know you're from Minnesota, but get this, will you? You're with the Minnesota. You're not sitting together though. You, You had enough on the ride here, huh? Is, it, is this like a social group, or are you political activists, or? Oh, definitely. <laughs> what, what brings you together as a group? Fun. Fun does. Is fun? Is the concept of fun, or uh, the pursuit of fun?
6: Pursuit. Pursuit of fun.
0: <laughs> Where do you find fun?
6: Everywhere.
0: She finds fun everywhere. So why come here then? I mean, <laughs> why take a bus if there's already fun wherever you are?
7: Pardon? Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs>
0: I'm getting a little philosophical here, I guess, but I'm, I should really talk to the people who are lighting up, maybe, back here. I'm gonna to talk to you, sir, so you can turn this off and put it away, really, afterwards. Get the, the attention you so uh, sorely deserve. Here, just stand up for just a second, if you would. Man with hat with light-up nose and light-up rack on cap. Do you have another one like this at home that
2: I could wear, or? No, but I have some backup antlers here, just in case you Oh, out.
0: backup antlers. You know, I never was the type to do this. This is a very liberating feeling to wear a rack on your head. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Especially if you wear that and nothing else.
0: Have you done that with your outfit?
2: Or? I have pictures. I don't want to see them. I don't want And I'm taking this off. That's okay. as far as I
0: Now, how many, where are you from?
7: Uh, Matamidae, Minnesota. Where are you from? White Bear Lake. White Bear Lake. Okay, good. And what did you say the first time? Matamidae.
0: Matamidae. Matamidai. Anyone know Matamidai here? Yeah. Heard of Matamidai? Oh, it's fair. What?
8: Yeah, that's where we're from.
0: Oh, you've heard of it because you're from there.
8: <laughs> and they say that Matamidai is an Indian word for White Bear Lake. For White Bear Lake.
0: Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Why would they name the town, Indians name something after a White uh, Bear Lake that- in English?
6: We don't know. <laughs>
8: <laughs> oh, because Matamidai is a separate town from White Bear. Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> which came first, Matamidai or White Bear Lake?
5: I don't know. Yeah. Do you know? No. The lake, White, Bear. The lake. White Bear Lake came so first. there was
0: an English, White Bear Lake, and then the Indians came along and said, hey, good, we'll call it Matamidai.
5: Well, yeah. i
0: trying to understand
5: there, this. There's a 30-minute story if you'd like to hear it.
0: Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so, but how come your rack doesn't
5: light up? Like because he doesn't light... <laughs> He, does, he, doesn't like, he doesn't like me to outshine him. He's, he's Irish. Oh, I see. Yeah.
0: And you're a, you're a doe.
5: Honey, a doe? Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm you're the doe.
5: Oh, is that how it goes?
0: <laughs> After all these years, you haven't gotten that far? <laughs> I shouldn't be having to tell you this at this point.
5: I know. I, know. I, <laughs> I really don't like to outshine him because yeah. he's, he's a lot more fun than yeah. I am. And
0: then who is this gentleman over here?
5: I have no idea. He just came oh. on my bus. I don't know
0: who he is. He, he sneaked on the bus. He's not even. Are you from White Bear Lake or Mata Matamidai. Yeah. Matamidai, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you do there? Retired. Just nothing. Oh, so nothing. Just huh? Did you retire from doing nothing or did you. <laughs> absolutely right. Did nothing before you retired as well? Nothing at all. So how, do you, how can you know if you're retired or not? Well, I'm still not doing anything. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there's no change for you as far as your. None concerned. whatsoever. Uh, no. None whatsoever. Uh, if you were working, what sort of work
2: would it have been? Well, I think I'd go to the theater where all the dancing girls are and stuff like that, I'd be the director there.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not really asking you what your fantasies are. I just thought <laughs> what, what field you might have at one time worked. But you're with are you with the tour here, Claude? Sure am yeah. <laughs> How come she doesn't know how you got on the bus? You didn't know?
5: I <laughs> well, have no idea how you got on the bus.
0: I came through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> But Mata-Medi can't be like a big town.
5: Uh, no, and actually we don't even have a downtown.
0: You can sit down now, sir, or if you, you want to
5: <laughs> <laughs> We don't even really have a downtown.
0: There's no downtown Matamidai?
5: No, we, we have houses. It's all uptown? Or? It's all uptown. Yeah. yeah, because White Bear Lake is across the lake from us. Uh, okay, so if across we. Across
0: White Bear Lake?
5: Across exactly. White Bear Lake, right. And then on the other side we have Stillwater and the St. Cray River. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. that's some yeah. I heard of. And, and I have to say that the first time I ever heard you, I was driving home from Chicago, and I turned the radio on, and I thought, what is Bob Newhart doing on the radio?
0: <laughs> I get that, and I get Marlena Dietrich are the two that <laughs> I
5: get. You look nothing like Marlena Dietrich. I
0: have same size shoes.
5: You do? Oh. Okay. So anyway, you do sound a lot like Bob Newhart. Well, uh, well thank you, I think, he's yes. And have you seen Elf? No. we oh, got to see it. He's
0: Why?
5: In it. Bob he's in Newhart's in it, no, in it. yeah. It. Yeah, he's, he's Papa Elf. I'm, I'm
0: I'm a little worried about Claude here. Is he going uh, you know, get a ride home? Gotta, you'll a, give him a ride home because even though – it, who organized the bus tour? Uh, you did. So Claude <laughs> should have come to you.
5: Claude should have come to me, but, yeah. you know, Claude has special needs. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you even know Claude? Because Matamini must how, – how big is Matamini? About 6,000.
5: About 6,000 people.
0: So not a, a huge town. No, you, do you know No. No. Claude, think are you so. actually from Matamini? <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, I was there 27 years, up to a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, so you're not there now. you got to uh, draw a little more attention
2: to yourself. I go, go there I'm every second day, so oh, okay. I'm lonesome
0: for the place. Just every second day? Something like that. Sometimes every day. <laughs> that's enough, you figure, to go every second day? Why not? <laughs> every, going every day would be too much. Yeah, right. right. Well, where do you actually live then, Claude? We're actually in Maplewood right now. Okay.
8: Does anyone know Claude besides... No.
0: <laughs> You're familiar with Claude.
8: Oh yeah, he he's always on the motor coach. We're not supposed to call it a bus, but. <laughs> he's
0: on there no matter where it's going. He just.
8: He, he likes to hang around, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe there's, can... there's a regular group of them that, that get together on a regular basis at the community center. A group
2: of them?
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Oh, Cla- great to have you here, Claude, all the people here from Mont and we got something for the entire group, don't we, Jim? Uh, we if do us-
2: indeed. They can stop off at the Capital Brewery, pick up a couple cases of beer along the way, make <laughs> the trip back. That'll shorten your trip. Claude's applauding that. Nice to meet you all. Thanks for coming.
0: Okay. You can take it off now. You had your moment. Uh, we are going to... Uh, I didn't hand out the four disclaimers, did I? No, you I didn't. I can do that real quick. Can you
2: grab those, Jim? Okay.
0: Jim's got to take off his apparatus. Oh, don't take off that apparatus, Jim. Leave that one on. Okay, thank you. Uh, Four disclaimers. Chance to uh, read the four disclaimers on today's show and uh, possibly find yourself uh, uh, in a radio career going nowhere. (laughs) I can tell you what that's like. Yes, uh, okay, let's let's pass it back to that gentleman there. Yeah, it is, Hannah. The the only gentleman here, that gentleman right there. No, he's a gentleman too, but right back there. OK, so we're going to play the What Do You Know quiz, chance for you to win fabulous prizes simply for knowing what you already know. But before we can do that, we have, have to, to find out who can and what? What do we have to do? We have to find out who can and cannot participate in this quiz. Claude is eliminated because he's been on already. <laughs> and uh, that is one of the best I've ever seen. Thank you. That, that mohawk, right? Yeah. Do you spike the whole thing and then just cut a strip? Yeah, I used duct tape the first time to guide it. Really? Yeah. So that you spike all your hair and then just cut what's left into a strip. Yeah. Or you cut your hair first and then spike the strip that's left. No, I spike first and then I shave off the rest. Cool.
1: Okay. Very cool.
0: <laughs> I always meant to do that, but I never had the hair. <laughs> You've got to have hair to have mohawk. That's the only thing. I know you got to like make it go around the bald spot or something. That cool. would be kind of cool. you ready, sir? This is it. You are?
2: My name is Christopher Malig.
0: Christopher, do the honors, please.
2: All questions used on What Do You Know have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. (laughs) I wonder if anyone can tell I'm wearing Depends. Persons employed by the International House of Radio or its member stations are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. All opinions expressed on What Do You Know are well-reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of the International House of Radio, its member stations, or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. Well done. Very well done. You're not professional, are you? You are? You're professional.
0: Are you a radio guy? Uh, an out-of-work actor. An out-of-work actor? actor. Now I'm a dad. Okay. Sorry about the depends thing, but you really can't tell. You don't have a line or anything like that. Let's see the hands of those of you who want to try them at the What Do You Know quiz, a chance for you to win those fabulous prizes I warned you about. You've heard a few of them already. Mostly they're drinkable. Uh, this gentleman down, there's a gentleman here, just from the back of his head, he looks like an interesting man, he can't, from the front, less so, but, uh, S- Stan, are you interested in, in doing this quiz? Well, c- come here a minute, Stan. Let's talk to him. <laughs> we got Stan uh, S- Steegee? Huh? You say Steegee? Yes, Stigy. Well, that's right, then, that's your name. You yeah. should stay that. I, I think so. Yeah. You're with the tour? Yes. Do you know Claude down here? Yes. Seen? Okay. Did he come with you?
9: Well, with the tour.
0: With the tour. Yeah. You know him from years ago or just from the
9: tour? Quite some time. Okay. Like 20 years.
0: Yeah. What did he, what did he do before he retired?
9: You will to tell me. I really don't know. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay. Well that's been one of those mysteries in life we'll never figure out. And, Stan, uh, are you retired now as well?
9: Yes. For... 20 years.
0: Yeah, from what uh, field were you in?
9: Um, Well, it started out, I was uh, in the service, uh, World War II, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) uh, I uh, lived down in Winona after the war and uh, had some health problems, and then my wife and I moved to the cities. Uh into uh, St. Paul yeah. and uh, we've lived there for 40, 41 years. Uh-huh. Did you do anything in that time or? <laughs> not a lot.
0: Oh, okay, good. You, you and Claude are, are kinsmen in a sense. Uh, Stan, give me one good reason why you should play this quiz. Why not? <laughs> he asked the philosopher's question. That's a good reason. Come on here. Stan, I'm not leaving without you. I got to get you up here on stage. Here, did you know this is what we're doing? Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, okay, all right. Be careful here, though. This is a an accident waiting to happen. Good work. Sit down there in the naga hide. Do it, the to naga. You know,
1: Jim Packard
0: down there. Hi, Stan. Yeah. Hi, Jim. You a big fan of the show, Stan?
9: <laughs> right now, yes.
0: Right now you are. You can't. You can, if you want, you can wear these. You, uh, you can hear people who call in or whatever, and you feel like a real radio professional. And you look like one too. No. Like what? Like a radio. <laughs> a radio professional. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, were you trained in a field, uh, Stan? Uh, like a machinist or uh, in electronics or?
9: No, I worked uh, for government.
0: Oh, that you didn't do anything at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> just yeah. one big vacation. One big vacation. Did you start out working against government and then you got uh, uh started working for it?
9: Oh, for it.
0: Yeah. The government of Minnesota? Yes. And yeah, what did you do for them?
9: Um I worked for uh youth programs. Yeah. And uh, uh for 20 years until I retired, uh-huh. and... Um,
0: You're one of, the older, one of the older youths, probably.
9: <laughs> no, not too much. No, okay.
0: In Minnesota, people out of uh, older Americans in Minnesota, people live uh, to be a ripe old age in Minnesota. Oh, yes. It seems like.
9: Yes, It's a climate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it about the climate? It's a terrible climate. Why would that make uh, it a horrible no, climate? No, no. Yeah.
9: No, it's uh, excellent.
0: It's bad all year round, isn't it, Minnesota? The flies get you in the summer and the winter, the snow and the winds.
9: Well, I suppose
0: you could say that. Yeah.
9: (laughs) But, you know, it doesn't really make any difference.
0: Not to me, I don't live there, but (laughs) I would think to you that would get with you. The only thing good about the winter is it kills the flies, you know.
9: I never thought of that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Those black flies, those are worse than mosquitoes. Everyone talks about the mosquitoes, Mm -hmm. but it's the black flies in my opinion.
9: Uh, that could be be that could be yeah. yeah.
0: You a fisherman Stan, or a hunter? Or anything? I was uh
9: yes. Yeah. Uh, I haven't uh, done any fishing or hunting for a number of years. Uh-huh. I'm just too damn old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you seem like fit. You could go out there and fish a little a little ice fishing. Do you ice fish or?
9: Oh, I used to. Yeah. But uh, no I haven't haven't done much outdoor sports yeah. for all the last Six or seven years. Yeah,
0: And uh, you're a married man? Oh, you bet. Yeah. Get along pretty good with her, do you?
9: Wonderful. Yeah, always been good. Always been good. We've been married for um, 65 years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, then maybe you can tell me, Stan. What is the secret to a marriage, a successful, long marriage like that?
9: Well, give her away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but, not really. But staying, You've had a you, wonderful life. If you give her away, someone else is going to get her.
1: No,
9: I'm, I didn't mean give her away, but give her, let her do what she wants. Oh, let her do what she wants. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah i got to get the hang
0: of that. I don't know what it is. Well, I, I can't get the hang of it. Yeah, that. but you're
9: young yet. You'll probably I, catch on. I,
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> Trying my best here. I don't think I'll make 65 years, though. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty in, good. In marriage? Yeah.
9: That is uh, yeah. quite a long time.
0: That's, that's really good. And what's your wife's name, Stan? Will, I mean, Willie. Willie? Stan and Willie. Stan and Willie. You can't yeah. beat that, really. <laughs> All right, Stan, you familiar with the quiz and how it works? No, I don't know that I've oh. ever had it.
9: Why don't you volunteer then, Stan? I'm kind of curious. Well, we were in line, and a <laughs> fella came along with a pencil and some little cards and said, sign it here. And so I did, and yeah. here I am.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, did you think you were signing some sort of agreement where you had to Well, I,
9: the- No, I thought I was <laughs> getting some sort of a... a A door prize? Well, a prize. Uh, yeah. Not, not a door prize necessarily. Maybe yeah. a new car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we could possibly get you a turkey, like a Boca turkey. We have some uh, Boca turkeys.
9: A, a turkey car? <laughs> well,
0: we we'll get you a car that's a turkey. That's, a turkey. that's, <laughs> that's, that's entirely possible.
9: <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would be a good idea.
0: Do you need a new car, Stan? Is that?
9: No. Okay.
0: What are you driving now?
9: Uh, Buick. Buick.
0: Not your Buick will last you uh, years. Yeah, it has Electra, a Buick Electra.
9: No, um, uh, the Saber.
0: The Saber. Yeah,
9: yeah. It's dying.
0: It is. Yeah. How many miles you got on it, Stan? Mm, uh,
9: <laughs> close to. I don't look at the uh, yeah uh, gauge all the time, but no. close to Should uh, watch the road.
0: close to ninety
1: yeah.
9: thousand.
0: 90,000. Yeah. It should have another 90 in it, I would think.
9: Oh, uh, yeah. That's what they told us. Yeah.
0: They lied, but they... You know <laughs> well, probably. Yeah. If they lie. That's how they sell cars. Yeah. Yeah. You can put that on top of your head if it's falling off the back there. I don't know how you... Yeah. That'll stay go. up on Okay? Yeah, that's Be better. And this, this water is yours if you need it, and uh, refresh yourself with that, and uh, that's the strongest thing we have right at the moment.
9: Nothing in it but water?
0: Yeah. We... <laughs> You guys are getting the beer for the ride home. So, do you still enjoy a bottle of beer?
9: Yeah, occasionally. Once a week. Yeah, you have right.
0: One bottle once a week. Yes. Must be a good one. Yes. You got to get one of those 400 ounce bottles. I know like a really big bottle. No, no.
9: just just a 12 ordinary. ounces. Ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Or All right, Stan. This is a quiz show. This is the quiz part of the show. You are the quiz contestant. Okay. That means that someone out there will call in to answer questions that I will ask to play along with you on a quiz, a general knowledge quiz. We have various categories as you'll see, and then if you answer those correctly as a team, working as a team, then you win those fabulous prizes you hope to get.
9: The, the team you mean somebody from the audience? No, someone who calls
0: in from oh, calls list- in. from the listening
2: audience.
9: Okay. Okay. That's yeah. the premise anyhow.
0: Okay. All right. So now we have got to find someone out there and Jim, how do we do that?
2: Um, you draw a qualifying question, someone will uh, call in at 800-942-5669 and we'll match them up for Stan.
0: Okay, it's a current, current events question. You don't have to answer the Stan. Someone out there does. Uh, the most shocking to the British public after a newspaper man infiltrated the staff, the royal staff, uh, was the Queen's what? When the British public discovered something about the Queen's belongings, they were astounded and some of them were absolutely horrified. horrified at some of the, the, the Queen's taste. Uh, one or two items in particular that the Queen has in her, in her room, I guess, right. the Queen's room. We can speak of that, I that think. Her l- 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 chamber. Her l- l- chamber. L- or chamber. Queen's have chambers. Or is that insects? <laughs> Anyhow, let's go to the phones right now. Someone out there, one, what's the number?
2: 800-942-5669. Okay. An easy way to remember it would be what's Wa-No or Wack-No.
0: Wack-No, very much. <laughs> and this, someone gets this right, then we'll be your partner. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rich is on the line from San Diego. Hi, Rich.
10: Yes. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm fine. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Good. I remembered. I remember vaguely hearing this story on the radio, and now I can't recall oh. what it was. You're blocking it? Yeah, I'm blocking it.
0: Yeah, the Queen's okay. Taste was called into account. Right. On, on account of what?
10: Uh, it was an article of clothing, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'll say it has something to do with their undergarments.
0: Oh, I, I don't think...
10: That's not right. Did they
0: get that far? Possibly I'm they did. I'm sure they did. Did he go through her drawers? <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy from the newspaper who sneaked in there right. pretended to be staff. Uh, no, I'm afraid that's not it, Rich. Okay. Thanks for trying. So, yeah, bye bye. Bye. That's Rich in San Diego. Uh, in Cleveland, Mark's on the high. Hi, Mark. Mark, you there? Okay, Mark's not there, but we have Tim in Cleveland, just as good. Hi, Tim, you there?
1: Uh, am I doing
0: something wrong? Well, let's go to Alabama then. That always works. Hi, Trudy. Hi. Do you know what item they discovered in the of the Queen's that horrified the uh, the British public?
6: Well, I know the guy was uh, he worked for a newspaper and he got a job as a footman. Right. Uh, but I didn't hear about the article. Yeah. Uh, maybe her hats. She's got some pretty nasty hats.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Especially with the points and the jewels on them. Those yeah, are kind of strange. Boy. But uh, No, it wasn't her hats, though.
6: Oh, man.
0: Oh, sorry, Trudy. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. In Bemidji. Is that
11: near you, Bemidji? What's north yes. of us. North
0: of him. Hi, Michael.
11: Hi, how are you, Michael?
0: I'm fine, thank you. Very the, good. The queen and her taste. This yes. wouldn't shock us here in Wisconsin, but what were they shocked? At? The British public was shocked.
11: Well, she uh, had her breakfast of uh, cereal served in Tupperware.
0: Tupperware, that's it. Mm
11: -hmm. Shocking revelation. The Queen uses Tupperware.
0: Queen of England. Shocking, isn't it, Stan? Yes. Very shocking. Uh, And I guess the British uh, thinks the Queen should wear use what? Uh, Some kind of crystal or something.
11: I would say so in Eggs Benedict or besides cornflakes.
0: Cornflakes in Tupperware. Not a good thing. Michael, what do you do out there in Bemidji?
11: Well, I'm a student at Bemidji State University. What are you studying? Uh, Sociology.
0: Okay, uh, towards a career in sociology, or?
11: Uh, Yes, in uh, research, social research.
0: Social research, interesting. Uh, Michael, this is Stan.
11: Stan, how are you?
0: Fine. And Two
11: Minnesotans, this is a good deal.
0: This is more than I ever hoped for. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the two of you collaborate on this quiz now, and uh, we'll give the first category here from Jim. What's...
2: Those categories are yep. current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. Okay, Michael, you pick a category,
0: and then we'll you guys work on it together.
11: Well, how about odds and ends?
0: Odds and ends. All right, here's the question. See if you can answer this. Work together now, Stan and Michael. Uh, could the human neocortex stretched flat serve as a dinner napkin? Talk it over.
11: Oh. In size <laughs> and thickness. Now, could you repeat that, please? Yes.
0: Could the human neocortex, which is the, uh, the, the neo part of the cortex, <laughs> when stretched flat, serve as a dinner napkin, both in size and thickness? In other words, could you spread your neocortex on your lap and, and eat with it,
1: if you uh, had to? It doesn't had to.
11: sound very appetizing. Uh, let's see, that would be the new cortex. What do you think, Stan?
9: <laughs> I don't have a f- clue. <laughs>
11: Well, this would be a yes or no. Have you got a coin you can flip?
0: What do you think, Stan? What's What does your gut tell you? Um, I, would say, I would say no. Huh. You wouldn't want to, but uh, uh, Michael, are you going to go with a no? Ah, uh, ha,
11: ha. I think that you probably could do anything with your neocortex you wanted. Uh, so you think
0: it would if you actually flattened out your neocortex? I it would be no. the size you and thickness of a, a hammer
11: and a rolling pin and what have you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we know this happens in Minnesota all the time.
11: Yes, but their neocortex on deer that. Uh,
0: oh yeah. Stan, you want to go along with him? He says he says yes.
11: I said no. I'll I stick know.
0: With it. <laughs> Stan is sticking with no, and he's, you can't change him. You know, after 65 years married. Well, he's he not must a,
11: know a lot more than I know, so yeah. I'm going to go with Stan. I'm sorry. It's yes. The oh, answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You could, Stan. You could flatten your neocortex and use it as a dinner napkin, really, if worse came to worst, uh, Jim? That is uh, no right and one wrong. Okay. You get four more chances you get three right, so don't panic.
11: So no giant kielbasa? Not yet, yeah, no. Don't worry, though.
0: We'll <laughs> give you a lot. What's left there, Jim? Current events, people, places, school,
2: or science. Okay.
0: Stan, which of those would you like?
9: Current events.
2: Current
0: events, right out of the news. We're running a little short on time here. Can I ask the question, Jim? Is there time? Sure, ask the question. I'll ask the question. Here's something I want you to think about. It's a multiple choice, actually, because it's a little tough. Number one primetime show in the country for two to five year olds on television. Number one. Is it Teletubbies, Rugrats, or Fear Factor? That's the question. Uh, I want you to just think about that, gentlemen, for just a few minutes here now. Michael and Stan will get back to you and finish this first round of the What Do You Know Quiz. So don't go anywhere. It's just getting exciting.
2: If you'd like to attend a show in Madison, you can call the box office at 608-262-2201. The next Madison show dates are November 29th, December 6th, and December 13th. Support for What Do You Know is provided by the Monona Terrace Community and Convention Center with state-of-the-art meeting, dining, and convention facilities and great views of the lake. Monona Terrace information at 608-261-4000. Our CDs, Michael's Books, can be found at NotMuch.com, which is engineered by TAMS and Media and hosted by Burby putting the E in business. More information about hosting from Burby is available only at B-E-R-B-E-E.com. Our thanks to Kawhi and Farley's House of Pianos. Michael Feldman's What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public go. Radio International. Michael Feldman, producer international. From Eufaula, Alabama, to Valdez, Alaska, it's Michael Feldman's What Do You Know from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulian at the piano, Jeff Hammond on bass, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, more of the What Do You Know quiz. Thanks for the memos and our salute to Stamford, Texas. Support for What Do You Know comes from PRI affiliate stations. Now, the darling of the dear widows, Michael Feldman. (laughs)
0: Thank you, please. You don't have to do that. Oh, come on. Come on. Yes, do we have dear widows here today? Uh, husbands took off for the woods and you came here, are you? Are you? Yes? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, still raising your hands. This gentleman here is a dear widow and he's raising his hand. He's got more than one problem, obviously. And so someone's asking how old you are, Stan. And I don't, I don't want to be an ageist, and, and, but uh, I figure you're, what, 84.
9: No, you missed it. Yeah. Could I tell him? Tell him, yes. I'm too damn old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> too damn old, sir, and uh, that's your answer. And uh, I'll, I'll stand behind that 100%. And Michael's on the line from Bemidji. How old are you, Michael?
11: I'm 54.
0: 54, and you went back to school. That shows a lot of foresight.
11: Yeah. Well, yeah, right. The uh, sequence may be a little out of whack, but I yeah. uh, graduate next month.
0: Well, good for you. Did Thank you retrain from another profession you were yes, in? Or?
11: Yes. What were you in? I was in the railroad business for a long while and got all worn out.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, good for you, Michael.
0: All right, now the question here we have, now they have one, uh, what's the score?
2: It's uh, no right and one wrong.
0: Okay. And this is the question from Current Events. They select the number one primetime show in the country for two- to five-year-olds on television. Is, uh, is it A, Teletubbies, B, Rugrats, or C, Fear Factor? Uh, so, gentlemen, what, what do you think? Or what do you know? I guess is what
11: I I think the key here is prime time. I don't believe Teletubbies or Rugrats are shown in prime time, so yeah. that would leave Fear Factor.
0: Interesting thinking.
9: I'll okay. go along with Have that. Have
0: you seen Fear Factor, Stan? No. Where they eat bugs and stuff, and they climb on to burning cars for no reason. Oh, no. yeah. Michael, is that you think Fear Factor?
11: Well, that's why I think it's uh, aimed at two- to five-year-olds anyway. Isn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> Fear factor is right, yes. Number one among two- to five-year-olds, yeah. which is a scary thought when you think about it. And number two among two- to five-year-olds is survivor. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so uh, Jim, One right and one wrong. Right, you
0: pulled out of your slump. See, now you're even up here. You're getting, you You got to get three right, see, to win. So you're on the way now, one and one And uh, what's left there, Jim?
2: People, places, school, or science. Okay.
0: Michael? How about people? People. This is kind of like survey results, people's behavior. All right. Uh, okay.
9: That's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any say in this, Dan. He already <laughs> picked it. So. He did?
9: Yeah. Couldn't I overrule him?
0: I suppose you could. <laughs> <laughs> we could get oh, phys- well. We could get physical here if you want. I don't <laughs> know if you care. Uh, this is, involves a divorce, so this is something you have no uh, knowledge. I of. have no knowledge. No, but uh, in a divorce situation, the house aside, which people always argue over, what is the one thing the man is likeliest to fight for after a, s- a divorce? Is it uh, A, the dog, B, the big screen TV, or C, the car? Talk it over now. Michael, have you ever had the benefit of divorce?
11: Uh, yeah, I've had some uh, background there. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> most likely to fight for the, the, the man, most likely to fight for the dog, the big screen TV, or the car?
11: Why? Well, I, I think it's the car. Even a Buick, you
0: think? 1,000 well, no, miles a Buick. Yeah. <laughs> Would you give her the Buick if you broke up, Stan? My wife? You and Willie, yeah.
9: Well, I don't think so. No. <laughs> See? That's she doesn't drive. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh,
3: no cool contact.
9: I think you better stay
0: together in that case.
9: We intend to. Oh, good. Well, I don't know about her, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's seen someone else, I think. Stan is what I heard. Someone on your bus. Yeah. I think I know. <laughs> That's what Claude was doing on the bus. He actually is interested in Ellie, uh, in uh, Willie. Excuse me. All right, the dog, the big screen TV, or the car? Car. Car.
9: Michael.
2: Car. Jim. Car. Car is Jim. Yes, yeah. It is the car. <laughs>
0: But right, right after that, they fight for the dog. Yeah. Oh, Car really? Not the big screen no. TV. No. Our dog oh. TV. So wow. it goes after the house itself, of course. So I think I go for the dog first. Myself.
11: I
2: would too. Yeah.
0: Well,
11: that'd be my choice. But I, I've heard a lot of uh, disputes over automobiles.
2: Yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think.
2: So. One right, uh, two right, and one wrong. Okay, so we're getting
0: right. closer to, uh, to victory. The, to victory here. What's left there, Jim?
2: Places, school, what or science.
0: Places could be anywhere. School, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention? Or science questions? Stan, what do you think? Places. Places, OK. Do we get a place here you like? I don't know.
9: How uh, about Matamidi?
0: Let me see if I got one here. You know, <laughs> Mata Midi, Mata I think Midi, there are. No, no, Matamidi. <laughs> we do have this uh, oh, uh, in England, uh, this is. But it's probably true all over, actually. According to the BBC, British Broadcasting, having a garden gnome can lower the value of your house when you're selling it by how much? Is it uh, 300, 500, or a thousand pounds sterling, which uh, in our money would be different? Considerable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: somewhat different,
0: considerably different. Yeah. What is a pound worth? About a dollar seventy-five or something now?
2: Well, oh, I don't know.
0: Is it around there maybe? Okay. But anyhow, the uh, if you have a gnome on your lawn, or in your garden, that lowers the value of your house, according to realtors in, in England, by how much? 300, 500, or 1,000 pounds? Wow. Garden gnome. You got, you got those in Minnesota, Stan? You got yeah,
11: but they were moving from the yard before they put the house up. Yeah. <laughs> Have
0: you got a
9: gnome, Stan? No, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Oh. Did you ever look outside, or? <laughs> I remember doing that once, yes. <laughs>
0: You probably got a gnome and a lawn ball and uh,
11: 300
0: 500 or 1000 pounds
11: Well, not knowing the answer, I would go for the the uh, middle uh 300 or 500 pounds sterling. Yeah. And
0: why would you say that, Michael?
11: Well, just because it's in the middle of the uh, range. Uh-huh. I, I really have no idea what uh value uh, the gnome would uh lessen the house.
0: Stan, what do you think?
1: Um
9: uh. 300.
0: Stan thinks it's a little less than that. And, Stan, your reasoning is?
9: Just to be different. (laughs) (laughs)
11: Stan's being
0: different here. He says 300.
11: We can't compromise on 400, can we? No.
0: No. No. Are you willing to bend on this one, Stan? Let me rephrase it a different way. Would you like to win? Yes. (laughs) Even... Even hell, yes. Oh, okay. So then, think you might go with Michael's choice? Yes. (laughs) That's right, 500 pounds for a gnome. It was like pulling teeth, ladies and gentlemen, but we won. I mean, you won. I didn't win. What do they win, Jim?
2: Well, Michael, when the mysterious ways of the motherboard get you down, turn to the computer goddess. It's a diminutive, glowing plastic sculpture with wind-up flapping wings that attaches to the top of your monitor, and it will protect you from crashes, bugs, viruses, and spam. That's from Archie McPhee. Stan, they say that fire and hail lay you low, time and tide take their toll, but nothing, nothing, nothing ruins a man like a woman. And you'll be thrilling to those lyrics, among many others, with a new hit CD climbing the charts as we speak. It's Her Country, the Songs of Michael Feldman, as performed by John Seeger, along with Lou Whitney and the skeletons. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> and each of you can continue the fever and exhilaration of the quiz with a new home version of the "What Do You Know?" the party game, featuring the host, two contestants, wildly enthusiastic audience members, plus the lovely and talented Michael Feldman bobblehead. It's from Out of the Box Publishing. Congratulations. Hope you play that.
1: Thank you, Stan.
0: You did a great job. We'll get that stuff to you. Thank you. Thank you. Be careful going down. You might want to go down that way. Or push.
2: Dan was great. Michael, hang on. We'll make sure you get that. Nice All talking right. with Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Good luck in school. Thank you. What Do You Know travels to Clemson, South Carolina for live broadcast on January twenty fourth, 2004 at the Brooks Center for the Performing Arts. Tickets are available at 864-656-7787. 864-656-7787.
0: Thank you very much. You know, uh, each week at this time, we read actual memos
2: sent in by actual
0: listeners. And uh, this, one, this one just is a teaser here, I'll read this one when I... Got a longer one that I'm sort of into this week. This is um, uh, about a, uh, someone who went, underwent a surgery, and it reads as follows. Um, dining services team member, name removed, recently underwent major open-heart surgery. Friends and coworkers are holding a barbecue plate fundraiser for him and his family on Saturday, uh, actually today. Uh, plates are being sold for $5 and include barbecue chicken, sausage, rice, beans, potato salad, and all the trimming. So he's going to eat his heart out while his friends are having major open heart surgery and he's watching all the stuff he can't have. So I just thought that was cute. But don't worry, that is not the major memo for this week. It's uh, this one here. It's a memo to the vending machine man uh, at, a, at a business. And it, uh It was actually sent in by the vending machine man himself who collected this and sent it to me, which I think is cool. Uh, He says, I deliver a vending route for a world-famous soft drink company and found this atop the snack machine at one of my stops. So it reads as follows, vending machine man, dude. (laughs) Please stop putting so many bags of combos in the vending machine. Nobody likes those. That's why there are always some left when you come back to restock the machine. We definitely don't need more than one rack of them. They're nasty. They suck. People don't like them. Besides, the insides taste like chalk. Instead, fill us up on those peanut butter and crackers and cheese and crackers packs, especially the Ritz ones if you have them. Lots of people eat those in the morning for breakfast with a Sprite or a Coke. They at least have nutritional value. Plus, the peanut butter ones have protein for energy. Also, when it comes to chips, Doritos are okay, but one rack is cool. We don't need so many of those either. The best chips are Ruffles and Lays, so hook it up. (laughs) More Ruffles, more Lays, less Doritos. One more thing, if you really want to make a lot of change, see if you can find those packs of Pop-Tarts and stock a row of those in the vending machine. I bet they'll go fast. Everyone has got toasters all over the building. In the meantime, when people are hitting the machines is for breakfast because folks are running late and don't eat at home. I think you're doing an all right job. <laughs> so don't take this letter personal. <laughs> I just wanted to give you some pointers on how you can do a better job of feeding the masses. <laughs> Have a nice day, secret admirer. Thank you very much for that. Dude.
2: Or the vending machine dude.
1: Where can they
0: send those memos?
2: Send those memos to thanks for the memos, Michael Feldman, Wisconsin Public Radio, 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. Or go to the website at notmuch.com and post it right there.
0: And, of course, we will delete any references that could get you in trouble if you haven't already. So happy to do that. And uh, what's happening, man? Not too much. Dude? Not too much. (laughs) Hook you up with some new tunes here, huh? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to hook you
4: up with one today. I already oh, hooked you up with one. Yeah, what, this one here. What's this one? This one's called, uh, this is Autumn Nocturne.
0: Autumn Nocturne? Yeah.
4: It's autumn, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: More or and, less. and it's nocturne out there, practically. <laughs> well, this could be. What's the opposite? Is it an actual nocturne? A nocturne is a, an actual <laughs> musical form, isn't it? Uh,
4: uh, is this I over your head? Just stop <laughs> me if this is too, <laughs> too advanced. This is standard 32-bar a nocturne A A B A. No, this is what this is. Okay. I don't really know what a nocturne is. I, I don't know Harlem think it's Nocturne. Is that? I know, but I think it's not that an a
0: nocturne. Is that a
4: nocturne? I think the word nocturne is not an actual, you know, set. It's not p- a f- form. It's not a form. Uh, I'm a little uncertain on that, but I believe it's not. It's. Uh,
0: okay. probably. I'm not trying to pin you down here. No, I, just I know it, it
4: probably varies from century to century or something. <laughs> but that's, that's the name of the song? We'll so so
0: play it this entry <laughs> and then play it again next okay. century and see if it varies. All right. John Tooley, Jeff Hammond on the bass. For the doctor. <laughs>
2: NotMuch.com, you're listening to Michael Feldman's What Do You Know? from PRI, Public Radio International.
1: That
0: was a good one. I actually liked that one. Did you? Thanks. I'm kidding you most of the time, but I really liked (laughs) that. That was a nice song. That went well, that moved well, that Was played well. No bass solo. There was no bass. <laughs> uh, what about those guys, huh? Yeah. John Tooling, Jeff Hammond Now and I don't know, Stan, was this your card about standing on your head? No. Is there another stand in your group who still uh, can you still stand on your head, Stan? You want to do it? <laughs> another stand can actually stand on his head, or stand on his stand, one of the two. OK. Wouldn't look good on the radio. All right, all right. I just thought trying to encourage physical activity here and other people. Uh, Tim uh, Lenock is here. He's a grad student. Hi, you Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Good to see you. What What are you? What do you win? What field? Uh, history. History. Any particular history? Or? Uh, African history. African yes. history. Yes, sir. History of Africa. Yes. Sir. And are you uh, in? Were you, are you in school here? Yeah. UW. But you're an Iowa fan. Yes, I was born in Iowa City. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got some here. The big Iowa, this is the last home game, Iowa. Is this an important game for Iowa?
7: Yeah, about as important as it is for Wisconsin, so it should be a good game. We're fighting for what, the Gator Bowl? What is, what is left? Outback.
0: The Outback Bowl. I knew it was one of those. Is that second to the bottom as far as bowls no, go? No, 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 no,
7: no.
2: That's very high up.
0: Oh, it is? What's right below the uh, Outback Bowl? Because we've been there, too. Uh, the bowl? Weed Whacker. The Weed Whacker <laughs> Bowl? Well, I know the Toilet Bowl, but that's up there. That's informal. That's not an actual bowl. So Iowa's had a mixed year?
7: Uh, Yeah, not as good as I think people were expecting. Yeah. So, and are, are you saying you're a little afraid to be a, f- a fan here? Yeah, and yeah, the press here over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if everyone's familiar with it, but the old, the Ohio State fans that wrote to the chancellor um, saying the rowdy Badger fans. Much. So I want you to be my escort to go <laughs> there. Oh, I'm not going there, man. Not if you're sitting with Iowa fan. <laughs> <laughs> They'll kill you out there. Man. And then I'm in the student yeah. section as well because yeah. I'm a student here. So. Oh, you are. Yeah, it's going to be a little rowdy. Oh,
0: man. Maybe you shouldn't go
7: at all. Well... You know, it's on you TV.
0: My <laughs> <laughs> but good luck to you. Nice, day. and how is school going? Pretty good.
7: Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the semester to get yeah. over. And so. then, what do you do then? Uh, hopefully, I'll continue next semester. <laughs> sort of uh, keeps going and going and going. Never. So the object is stay in grad school as long as possible. Yeah, until I get a job, and then then Will I you get. Switch
0: to switch from African history to European or no, Asian? No, not, at not se-
7: European history. There's too many people in that field. So. Yeah. We'll see.
0: We'll see where it goes. All
1: right. Well, good so. luck yeah. you. Tim, well,
0: thank nice you. See you. And good luck at the game. Thank Just don't you. mention
7: what team you're there for.
0: <laughs> yes, try to show no emotion. If you show no emotion, you'll be all right. They won't bother you. Though some of those cheers from the student section are a little over the top. I mean, we shut down the university in my day, but we never talk like that.
1: <laughs>
0: Give us an example, Michael. What? Of oh, some of the cheers. I wouldn't want to repeat them. You know the ones I mean, though. And you, and you, and you. That's, that's a bad chair. Uh, thank you, dear, for sending that to me. Is this your? Oh, I dropped it. Okay. Well, that was Stan Hill. I dropped it on purpose because he refused to stand on his head. He won't even stand on his heel, for that matter. I always do this here. Someone gets them eventually. Uh, Colleen Lebrasse. Uh, Lebrasse. Lebrasse? Lebrasse. LeBras. I think you should come out here, Colleen. Say hello. You're a biker. Are you a room biker? i
12: uh, no, bicyclist. Oh, a bicyclist.
0: That's not the same as a biker, though. It? I mean, a biker, usually you think of a Harley.
12: Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. I ride a real bike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bikes. bikes, I have plenty.
0: You have lots of bikes?
12: A plethora of bikes. How many bikes do you? Five. Have? You can't ride five
0: bikes, So Isn't that a little bit over? I
12: ride a recumbent now because I have carpal tunnel and uh-huh. back pain and...
0: Can you see where you're going when you're actually reclined and riding a bicycle at the same time? I'm
12: not time? reclined that much. No. No. But some of those guys That's are so like, fl- I'm, "Well, I'm sorry." <laughs> it's just a,
0: you know, a microphone. Want a tiki? Do I want? I'm sorry.
12: Want a tiki god?
0: Oh, a tiki god! I thought it was a slang for something else. <laughs> I have, Do I want a tiki? A bag of tiki. You got
12: a bag, a bag of tiki. Of tikis.
0: And you're wearing. It. Yeah.
12: yeah. Oh, was well, that yeah, nice it's of like here? this. You want one like that? Very, that very cool, attractive yeah, tiki. What does the tiki symbolize? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> nothing. Well, nothing. I'm in favor of that. Cool. They yeah. look cool. So they
0: don't have any sort of significance. Or?
12: They give you ga- um, bad or good luck. They give you
0: gas. I already <laughs> got. It. I have enough gas without a tiki. <laughs>
12: no, Does he breathe good. flames or something? They when? make me um, not get hurt if I fall off my bike. And has it worked for you? I fell off my bike, but I didn't really get hurt. So if yeah. You fall on your
0: tiki, it's gonna kill you. <laughs> Big impression of a tiki in your chest. Yeah, well, that would be okay. Yeah, no, I'd. I'd, I'd how can you say no to a tiki? The boys in the band, you got tikis. John's got his tiki? But I don't know that other guy. Jeff. That's Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Hammond. Can he have a tiki, too? Yeah. I Look see. at all the tikis. I, yeah.
12: Can I give you one later?
0: Yeah, give me one later. Okay, because
12: I'm afraid I'm going to, like, fall over. I'm so nervous, and oh, then are. I'll okay. pee in my pants. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, then give me a peaky. That would be just. <laughs> <laughs> well,
12: what kind you want? Do uh, uh, you want, like, a skull one? No, not
0: them. a skull. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I'm not like, you know, heavy duty or anything. I'm not an anthrax or anything like that. How about? Black flag, not that kind of thing.
1: What How
12: about like a Neanderthal? Yeah, that seems appropriate. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> <don't>
0: that's perfect. <laughs> well, yeah.
12: i got to get them untied
1: here. Okay. So well, you know, work on those tikis. Them. And okay. uh,
0: Thank you very much for thanking me with your Tiki. <laughs> Colleen, she's a biker. Yeah, I know, I threw that one down too. And now look. Here goes Colleen's car. See that's Okay. okay. Sorry. If you have a radio show, you can do this too. And then I have people come around and pick up all my stuff that I drop. It's, yeah, my entourage. Uh, where is uh, Ben Reed here? 11 uh, year old Ben Reed. Hi, Ben Reed. How are you? Just so I'd say hello. I'll come through and I'll step on all this stuff here. Are you all Reeds? How many of you are Reeds? You're all Reeds? Hi, Reed. Hi, Reed. Which no. Reed are you? I'm the mom. So you're? Jerry. Jerry and Michael. Michael and Sean. Sean and Ben. Hey, Ben. And uh, Christopher. Christopher. And you're, all, you're uh, uh, Mary Reed's brother. Yes, Mary Reed is my bartender. <laughs> this is my bartender's brother, ladies and gentlemen. She's my personal bartender. You know, in other states, they have personal bankers. In Wisconsin, we have personal bartenders. <laughs> and Mary Reed is mine, and she's a great one at the Crystal Corner. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? And you're a fireman or something, aren't you?
4: Yeah, a fire captain from Sacramento, California.
0: Excellent. Can you be a fire? <laughs> is that like, is that the highest? Can you be a fire uh, general?
2: Uh, chief. Is fire the chief.
0: Highest. Goes captain, chief. What's beneath a captain?
2: Uh, engineer.
0: Engineer. Okay, so that's a little bit different. There's no fire lieutenants?
2: We don't have lieutenants, but uh, some departments do. Yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, Ben here, your question, uh, uh, you're in school now, Ben. Obviously 11 years old. You must be.
13: Yeah. yeah. Or did you drop out? No.
0: You guys live where, in Sacramento?
13: Yeah, Sacramento. Oh, yeah, I've been there. We did a show
0: out there one time. And uh, what's your question, Ben?
13: Well, we're in Sacramento, so the time zone's different. So I was so, er- it was so early. I said, why does this show start so early? Because we're used to getting two hours earlier, and we woke up at a horrible time.
0: <laughs> so you listen to my show and have a horrible time, is what you're saying?
13: Well, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Cause is it two hours earlier in Sacramento than here?
13: Yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: so you guys are still in a state of shock just being here?
13: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we
0: started at 10 o'clock, but there would be 8 o'clock.
13: Yeah. So we'd be waking up right now.
0: You would? You wake up at 8. It's kind of late, isn't it?
13: No, I usually sleep in on Saturdays. You, don't, you sleep in on
0: Saturdays till noon? Or?
13: Yeah, I once slept in until 3.
0: <laughs> so you've never actually heard my show then, have you? Good <laughs> view.
13: I sometimes hear the shows when they go garage selling
0: go garage selling?
13: Yeah, that's their like hobby. <laughs>
0: and they bring home all this junk and then you put it in your garage sales, right?
13: We don't have garage sales. They just basically cram it in the closets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do they get anything good in these garage sales?
13: Yeah, sometimes they got uh, they got a good TV. They got a big screen T V from a garage sale. Really? Yeah. Okay. No
0: and does it work?
13: Yeah it works pretty good. The head cat's so it scratched it has like lots of scratched up edges on it. Being
0: a garage sale after garage sale. <laughs> you know, people buy them, they put them in their own garage sale. and But they, they don't get stuff for you in the garage sales?
13: Mm, yeah, sometimes, some presents. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> too good, though. No. Okay. Well,
0: Ben, I'm sorry we start, uh, we're going to start later. We're going to start at 3. We'll, we'll start when you get up. You know, next time, you know, give us a call if it's 3 o'clock or whatever, 3.30, and then we'll just go on the air. Okay this early morning stuff. What do we got for the Reeds? A little present take back to
2: Sacramento. For the Reeds, we have um, the Irreverent CD rom trivia game, You Don't Know Jack from Berkeley Systems and Jellyvision. They can all play it at the same time. Yeah. That's worth a garage sale right there.
0: Nice to meet you all. Thanks. Ben, nice talking to you. Thank you guys. Thanks for coming. Cool enough. Nice to see you. Here's my tiki. My tiki is just in. Thank you very much. If, oh, they slip out of your hand, and you take them off, they smack you in the nose? Well, that couldn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, I could use a little bigger chain, possibly. Or Maybe I'll wear it around my waist. <laughs> That's cool, too. Okay, now watch. Here goes Ben's card. See how that works? You missed that one. You're neat, though. This bothers you when I do this, right? Yes. Because you're a neat nick. Right. I'm a, a bris- basically a neat person, too. I always hang my under up on the doorknob. I never put it on the floor. <laughs> It's the least I can do, I think. Okay. I want you to know. I, I will not pick these up, but someone will. I <laughs> know uh, we got uh, Nancy who's a registered nurse. Uh, are you registered with the state? The state of Illinois? Well, you can't really practice here. I hope you're not practicing while well at our show. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Why are you grabbing your purse? Do you think I was going to take
1: No. Oh.
12: <laughs> I didn't want you
0: <laughs> to. She's clutching her purse. She grabs her purse and...
12: What? I didn't want you to stumble over it. Oh, yeah, sure.
0: That's the, one of the larger purses I've seen. I actually, uh, is that more of a saddlebag than a purse?
12: It's a gift from my daughter-in-law. And,
0: oh, it's a lovely. I mean, it was very thoughtful of her, but it's huge. Can I just show people? Look at the size of that baby. <laughs> she might be in there for all we know. You keep a book in there, and you keep what, a small screen television. there. How you do, sir? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Hi. I forget why I came down this road, but it's nice to see you all. Because I don't usually get to see this part of the time. How are you? Nice to see you. Looking well. How are you? Nice to see you. How are you doing? Nice to see you. Fine. Thank you. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot why I came down this road. You're Nancy, the registered nurse. Yes,
6: I am. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are you on vacation now? Or? On my sister's weekend. I'm here with my sisters. We go away once a year and have a weekend together. It's the
0: sister's weekend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and then... Do you meet other sisters from all no, over the country? I guess like my sisters, <laughs> sisters can just a yes. a, so there's three of you. Mm-hmm.
6: Three, three of us, two. yeah.
0: And each year you go someplace else.
6: Chicago, um, amanda colonies, wherever we feel like going. Amana colonies, and then mm-hmm. here. Yes. I can I
0: don't see what connects those <laughs> three.
6: <laughs> just somewhere different. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, the Amana Colonies, they still make refrigerators there. I
6: have
0: no. I don't think so. I think free love have. or something. Free love so and refrigerators, much. as I recall. <laughs> Is think they in some course.
6: other country now,
0: I'm <laughs> not sure. Yeah, they really had to get out of the country, yeah. you know, what's going on there. They thought they were making refrigerators, but a lot was going on. And, um, and Pete, uh, who's Pete?
6: Pete's my husband, and he's, he was the original fan of What Do You Know, and he turned me in, on to it, and he was so mad because I'm here today with my sisters who've never heard the show, oh, and sorry. he says, <laughs> he yeah, says sorry. I listen to the show and I don't get to go, and I was like, well, you're not a sister, so you don't get to go. So
0: he can't even be an honorary sister?
6: No, he can't. No men
0: are allowed on a sister's
6: Absolutely weekend. not, no. They they
0: would have to be killed afterwards if they were on.
6: <laughs> <laughs> if they knew what we talked about, we would have to be killed. Is it Please. just the
0: talking <laughs> part, or is it something else? Or are you going to male strippers and that sort no, of thing? No,
6: it's well. just the talking and getting together. And so he wouldn't. Shopping. Shopping. You do shopping. You do. Shopping, yes. Or anything. Uh, and yeah. Anything. Yeah. So
0: today. Shopping and talking. And then today it's eating. spices.
6: Spices. Spices, well,
0: where, you know Pete would enjoy a little shopping for spices and talking. I mean, that, to me, that sounds like a just a terrific weekend, especially if, if you're locked in a room with people who are talking about shopping and well, spices. He's
6: listening on the radio now. Back in uh, Princeton. Princeton, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: sorry, Pete. You're missing a great weekend. <laughs> but you'll 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 have a very full spice rack in the end.
6: Yes, I will. Yes. Nice to meet you, Nancy.
0: Thanks Thank for you. Being nice
6: here. to meet you too. And sisters. <laughs>
0: It's a sister's weekend. Here we got more people from the tour. This was a big tour. This is a, maybe the biggest tour we've ever had here. Motor coach. The motor coach, I mean. Excuse me. Is there a bathroom on the motor coach? Yes. Because we're giving you a case of beer, and you're going to want it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What? My case isn't enough. We've got to have more than that. Jim, how many cases are we giving Oh, we got a couple of these, I'm
0: sure. How many people are on the tour?
9: 42. How
0: many of you drink beer? They all drink. <laughs> You're raising your hands again. I, that's, I'm going to let you go on that one. They're from Minnesota, Jim. They all well, drink. we we'll are throwing three cases. How many in a case?
2: I don't know. Twenty-four.
0: Twenty-four in a case. Two cases should cover just for a sample. Okay, That'll be fine. They'll start, if you have more than one, they'll start rolling them under the seats and that sort of stuff. It'll, singing that song, you know, that miserable song. That's right. Yeah. 99 bottles of beer. Don't start it. <laughs> that's going to be a long ride home. Don't start with that song. All you people from Minnesota, great to have you here. And uh, let's see. That's pretty much it for the cards. I'm throwing all the cards on the ground because I can do that. And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to play another round of the What Do You Know quiz, a chance for you to win the prizes he didn't win the first time around. So some of you probably were sitting here frustrating thinking, boy, I could do that. Stan is good. Stan is good. I'm not saying Stan is not good, but I could certainly do that as well. And uh, I think we're looking for a woman this time, aren't we? I've been looking for one, I know that. And uh, and uh, I don't know why, it's just a fantasy time, I guess. Uh, I believe your hand was up first. Yes.
8: How are you? Nice to
0: see you, and you are?
8: Laura Honda. Laura Honda. Yeah. Is Honda your,
0: your the name you grew up with, or a married name? Or?
8: Married name, I was Kordash.
0: Kordash, and you became a Honda,
8: Yep. Actually. So you get good mileage with the marriage.
0: <laughs> yes. You heard that a few times. Laura, yeah. uh, give me one good reason why you should play this quiz.
8: Um, because I'm good at quizzes. You are good at quizzes. And she is a Honda and they
0: go forever, ladies and gentlemen. Come on down here if you would, Laura Honda. Join us up here on stage with the inevitable Jim Packard. That, our band, you know that one. I've got a tiki on myself. Have a seat. Now, do you like a guy with a tiki by any chance? <laughs> Does it give you me look, a certain gin, say, You look rather
8: uh, dapper. In
0: I do. I'll just tuck it in my shirt a little bit here <laughs> so the hair is kind of poke around it. Because <laughs> women like that, to see a guy with a hairy tiki. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just says robust <laughs> when you think about it. And, is it look right? are you wearing your tiki?
4: No, mine's hanging on my microphone stand.
0: Oh, okay, all right. I've never actually wore a tiki before. I hope it doesn't make a statement about me. <laughs> <laughs> if so, I'd like to know what it was. Laura, how are you? I'm good. What do you do these days? I
8: am um, an actuary. An actuary oh. is like uh,
0: someone who knows the price of everything.
8: Or uh, yeah.
0: Or the uh, <laughs> figure the, uh, what is an actuary? <laughs>
8: Everyone always asks that. Um, We do like a risk assessment, try to figure out how much things will cost. In the future? Yes.
0: So like in the insurance industry, you'd be very valuable.
8: Yes, and that's the industry I'm
0: in. And you're in that industry. Okay. (laughs) So you could tell what my premiums will be in the year 2005, for example.
8: Well, not you specifically.
0: No, but someone of my ilk. Tiki-wearing middle-aged man. (laughs) So you would know actually really how long I'm going to live in general. Um, how long have well I got? Well, I don't do life How long patients. have I got, Laura?
8: Well, how old are you? And will it be good
0: years or not? <laughs> oh, I've got to give you my age now? Well, then forget it. <laughs> but that, those tables are part of the risk assessment thing. Correct. And, and uh, Like, uh, is a finger worth more if you're younger, <laughs> for example?
8: Probably, I would yeah.
0: guess. You don't do that kind of thing down to... What what sorts of things do you look at?
8: I look at um, reserving. So I set aside money um, for the company because the state requires us to. So I look at health patterns and trends and um, trends within each group and line of business.
0: Trends within each group and line of business?
8: Yeah, like you have your PPO, your HMO. Yeah.
0: I have my PPO? (laughs) Yes, you do, Mike. Do I have a PPO? (laughs) Well, you've got a Tiki. I don't think I have a PPO. You don't?
1: What do no. you have?
0: I don't know. I should look into it, I guess. But it's <laughs> this, this probably not the place or the time to do it. But I'm pretty sure I don't have a PPO. <laughs> John, do you have a PPO? Um,
4: I, I do have a PPO, yeah. Oh, you, John mm-hmm. has one. I don't think you do, though.
0: No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into this one because I, I probably should have one, shouldn't I?
2: I think you're self-insured, aren't you?
0: Yeah. So I wouldn't have a PPO?
8: Well, probably not. I don't know. Yeah. What do you have indemnity?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> I'm in debt, and I, I have indemnity. <laughs> <laughs> I have double indemnity. That was a good move. Yeah, right? That was very right. yeah, good. Excellent. <laughs> PPO. So, what do you do for kicks, though? This sounds like this job is kind of serious, and you can't really fool around a lot on the job.
8: Um, what do I do for kicks? Yeah. Well, I'm recently married, so my husband and I are getting our condo together and buying furniture.
0: And getting your condo together. Kids nowadays. <laughs> Getting their condo. This is your first condo?
8: Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Where is? It? Are you here in town? Are Chicago. you? Chicago. Oh, in Chicago. Oh, where is your condo?
8: It's in the city, um, the northwest side. Cool. Montrose and Western. Oh, sounds cool.
0: Is this uh, one of those uh, warehouses they convert into condo? No, it's
8: so? a six-unit. I think it was originally maybe apartment building. Yeah. Converted about five years ago.
0: So you're doing it in Crate and Barrel, or what what's style are you um, going
8: with? Yeah, we're look, we're looking for a kitchen table. We can't find one.
0: But we've really? been all have you over. looked at a kitchen table store?
8: Yeah, yeah, we have.
0: That's where we found ours. <laughs> we just happened to pass it and there was kitchen table. Was like, wow. <laughs> kitchen table store. Like Chicago's got everything. Yeah. 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 What does your husband do?
8: He works for a bank. He does asset back. He does what? Asset back loans for corporations.
0: Ass backwards loans. <laughs> A corporation. Yeah. Wow. I thought just individuals got those. <laughs> How does it work backwards like that?
8: <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: You pay him off first or something?
8: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah.
0: I'll
8: go for that.
0: You guys belong to a health club? No. Work out together? Or no. You no. Don't jog together? Or no, we don't work you out. You share any interests?
8: <laughs> yeah, we do. We. Go out to eat a lot. Lots of good restaurants oh, in Chicago.
0: Yeah. But if they're good, you can't get in. That's the thing about Chicago. You can always tell a good restaurant because you can't get into it ever.
8: Well, you make a reservation?
0: Even so, reservations like for a month down the line or something. I never got used to that. But it's a great town, Chicago. And Laura, it's great to have you here. Are you here Thank traveling you. with friends or are you?
8: Yeah, actually, it's my aunt Carol's birthday today. Where
0: is or Aunt not Carol? not today, but where we're is Aunt Carol? Yeah. Hi, Aunt Carol. How are you?
8: Yeah. and my other aunts are with her and my mom and it's it's what another risk system. class
0: is your aunt carol what'd you say
8: risk class yeah she's pretty healthy yeah she swims and okay she's, she's up there yeah okay good
0: that's how i look at people in terms of their risk class You're not up not up there in years you mean no, up there in, up there in, in risk
8: good risk
0: good risk up there in good risk then. Yeah. congratulations that's great all right, uh, Laura, someone out there is going to call in and, and play with you on this, and uh, you've got all the angles and the, and the math behind this, and, the, and the, so this should <laughs> not help you at all. <laughs> uh, Jim, how does someone to play Pick with Pick up that this, telephone uh, and punch
2: 1-800-942-5669-WANO uh, yeah. uh, or WACNOW and uh-huh. answer this qualifying question. Which one is that? This use? qualifying oh, question.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Ever had your risk figured? Assessed. Can you assess Jim's risk, just by looking at him? <laughs> 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 Plummeting. Low, I would think. Plummeting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, the average aging male. Oh, the, the biggest fear of the average aging male is what? I guess you gotta hit this one on the head, right? Yes. Uh, they asked, this is uh, from Men's Health Magazine, they did a survey of men. The thing that most men fear the most or worry about the most as they age is, is what, is the question. If you don't, give us a call here. This is part of your job, too, isn't it? Risk, yeah. fear, fear and risk management.
2: Uh, what's the number again, Jim? Eight hundred nine four two five six six nine.
0: The fake phone keeps ringing, so right. that <laughs> means people are on the line. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nathan's on the line from Lawrence, Kansas. Hi, Nathan. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. Good. So that's, you sound like you're great.
7: I'm, I'm amazing. I'm, I've been calling in. I'm so excited to be on. You are? Yes. Well,
0: we'll get that out of you in just a second or two. <laughs> we'll drum that right out of you, Nathan. Have you been trying for a period of time to get in?
7: Well, I have a, a crabby job on Saturday, and I listen to you every day, so, uh, a, or every Saturday. So, a, uh, a crabby job? Are you yeah, working?
0: yeah. What, what sort of crabbing do you do?
7: Well, uh, I, I work at a dry cleaner. It's a ah. unique torture.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, dry cleaning, but the fumes are bad.
7: Actually, not, not really. No. Mainly, I just try to act apathetic so customers don't come back in.
0: Excellent. Well, you're an asset to any organization, <laughs> Nathan. And when you're done there at the dry cleaners, which should be by the end of the day, I would think, you should come work for us.
7: Yeah, well, uh,
0: Yeah. I'll think about that, Mike. Okay. Because um, we have fumes, too, don't we? There are lots of fumes. Uh, Nathan, uh, what, what do you think the average aging male fears most? Because you're not aging yet, but you oh, will fear well, this.
7: Oh, losing your hair. Definitely.
0: Uh, you know, I'm afraid to say, I'm not afraid to say, I mean, yes, that's a concern. Obviously, that's a concern, but uh, that's not number one. That's
12: not number one. No. All
0: right. Thanks for trying, though, Yeah, no problem. Have a good Okay, now he's depressed and back in the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> Life is long. He's got to put those plastic things on. Yeah, but over. he can
2: tell the customers, hey, I was on, what do you know?
0: Yeah, I guess so. He doesn't talk to his customers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's on the line from uh, Norfolk. Is it Norfolk? Hey, right, cool. Is he say Norfolk in Nebraska, too? Are you in Nebraska?
10: Yes, Michael. This is Doug the Airborne guy.
0: Oh, hi, Doug. How are you?
10: Hey, pretty good. Uh, talked to you about this time last year. Uh,
0: and I, we talk this time every year, don't we, Doug? It seems yeah. to me. It's kinda yeah, in...
10: I just called to say Happy Thanksgiving, Michael.
0: Oh, well, that's very nice of you. How are you celebrating this year, Doug? Family and friends?
10: Uh, yeah, we'll be doing a little bit of that. You know, I'm doing Michael. I'm walmart You're what? I'm sitting in the parking lot at Walmart.
0: Oh, you are. That's that's. Not unusual, I guess. Lots of people do. Are you going to get your stuff now for Thanksgiving?
10: Delivering
9: packages.
0: Okay, I heard in packages.
10: Yeah, delivering packages. Oh, you're
0: delivering packages. Oh, yeah, Doug. Okay, now I got you. Did not you call yeah, from the... Yeah, brother? brother. Yeah. Did, did, <laughs> okay. Did you call from the parking lot last year? Uh, yeah, but from Columbus, Nebraska. From Columbus, Nebraska. Okay, so you're making progress. You're all the way in Norfolk now. <laughs> nice talking to you, Doug. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
9: Oh, don't I get
0: to answer? Oh, i sorry. I thought you just called us. You said I just called to say Happy Thanksgiving. I took you at your word. Yeah, that too. Okay. What do what the average uh, uh, male fear most in aging? Impotence. Well, of course, that's a concern. <laughs> I'm not saying we're worried about that. No. No, it's really not a problem since it doesn't come up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> As a topic, I mean, right. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Doug. And I'll talk to hey you next hey year. Have a good day, Michael. Have a good day. Thank you, too. Talk to you next year from another parking lot somewhere in Nebraska. Uh, Michael's in Detroit. Uh, Michael.
2: Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Are you an aging uh, – are you middle-aged?
2: No, uh, No. I guess I'm on the younger end of middle-age. You're a younger guy, yeah. Yeah.
0: Any idea what they fear most? It's not the balding. It's not the impotence.
2: Uh, boy, I would say
10: maybe uh, not enough money for retirement or uh – I'm having enough,
0: or well, this is like physical, uh, physical things we're talking about. Oh, yeah. all right,
10: can I make another swing at
0: it? Yeah, sure, okay. you didn't know uh, that.
10: Let's say, uh, no say being overweight,
0: being what overweight,
10: yeah.
0: Well, that of course, that is a concern, not for either one of us. No, 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 because we don't, well, really of course, care not care anymore. <laughs> all right, uh, but that's not it either. Thanks, Michael. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye, Chris in Nashville knows, don't you, Chris? Hi, Michael, how are you?
10: Well, I'm I'm good, but uh, the, the previous three callers have have um, all given up my answers, and I've struck out three times. That I haven't even gone on your show yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough out there, Chris. I can't. You know, the whole the quiz scene is a tough scene.
9: <laughs>
10: I can't can't
0: lie to you and say that it's it, it's it's sometimes it's a tough scene. It's a it's a cold scene, the quiz scene.
9: Cold hard world of, of
10: radio quiz shows. Yeah.
0: Now, wow. a guys, aging a little bit. What does he? F- you know, this surprised me a little bit when I saw it, but then now I can relate to it. Okay. Uh,
10: now this this is uh, just uh, physicality.
0: Physicality, yes.
10: Okay. so it's not hair loss, it's not virility.
0: Yeah. Uh, not weight. You any hints? Um, no. <laughs> not memory uh, loss either. No.
10: Uh, let's see. Um, being overweight.
0: No, we covered that one already, Chris.
10: Uh I'm not getting enough sleep.
0: Mm, no, sorry, Chris. That's not either. Thanks for trying now. Thank you. Okay, bye. Oh, Esty in Madison, Wisconsin. Esty, how are you?
10: Hey, I'm good.
0: You're good. You know the answer to this?
10: The answer, I, I think they were lying, the answer I'm sure is impotence, but
6: the answer maybe to the survey is, I'm thinking of two things, either losing their good looks or losing their ability to drive cars.
0: So losing their looks, losing their ability to drive cars, and losing their sex drive simultaneously we could probably could be a, No, I'm sure would impotence... would I'm sure make for is a bad trip answer. wherever
10: you're going, but.
0: That's uh, not it, though, Esty. Uh,
10: but, but the answer, I'm sure, is impotence. They just were lying. You don't know. Huh?
0: You don't know. I'm, I,
10: I'm sure I do.
0: Might not be a problem at all, Esty.
10: Oh, what do you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I'm pussing around in my seat here even thinking about this stuff. But Chloe's on the line from Oakland, California. Hi, Chloe.
5: Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm fine.
0: What do you think it is, Chloe
5: well i just got in uh Mm -hmm. i really didn't hear the question but i have a guess
0: you have a guess okay
5: uh the ability to learn new tricks
0: (laughs) (laughs) chloe that's now, what a, that's, Now you
5: have to give it to me on cleverness.
0: It, it was good. That's what a, a shepherd mix fears most about <laughs> aging. But uh,
5: I, I really didn't hear the question.
0: Well, that's fine. Uh, listen closely, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. But that—that that was a good guess, actually. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't it. Uh, Junction City, Kansas. Uh, Jose is online. Jose, how are you?
10: Hey, how's it going?
0: Pretty good, yourself.
10: Pretty good. Well, believe it or not, I just got stopped by the cops, and just uh, happened to grab the phone. <laughs>
0: You got stopped by the cops for what yeah, reason? Yeah, they,
10: they, they kind of stopped me, and uh, they said I was actually uh, zigzagging on the street.
0: Uh, <laughs> were you in your car at the time, or?
10: Well, well I, I couldn't be off the car if I was driving. Yeah. Uh, basically, they they gave me a break.
0: Did you talk your way out of it?
10: Yeah, I, I told them I was on air. I told them. Oh, they, you're they,
0: on well, air.
10: Well, I guess. Well, I'm not air. The other air. I'm talking about the probably the radio station.
0: Oh, 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 oh! Okay, so they thought you were on something else.
10: Yeah, it was, it was, it was in that other air.
0: So you were just making the phone, making this phone call.
10: Yeah, that's correct.
0: And the car, the cop pulled you over.
10: Well, it, basically, I was listening uh, to the radio, and all of a sudden, you know, the guy gives gives out the number. You give out the number. And yeah. I couldn't get it, and that's where I started zigzagging <laughs> on the road. <laughs> and uh, and the, cop, reason, the cop was right behind me. Right behind you. Just pulls out the light and. When I finally get the number, I call in, and the cop comes up, and uh, it's a good thing you left me on hold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you explain to him that you're calling into a quiz show?
10: Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I even told him, listen, you want to listen to the radio station? So yeah, he said, no problem, just ask me for my driver's license. And yeah. Went to his car, and he came back, and he said, drive carefully. So I'm still here.
0: Oh, excellent. Well, you have gone through a lot for this. Let's give you a good chance here. Now, the average aging man feels fears most and actually, uh, it's not the things mentioned so far, but uh, what, what do you think it is, Jose?
11: Well,
10: I'm basically not on that age yet, but no. I would say uh, being lonely. You
0: know, that's a very thoughtful answer, but obviously it's not one we would use on this show. Okay. It, it's much too thoughtful for us, but it's, it's a physical thing, and I'm wondering, it, uh, you haven't aged yet, so you don't realize that sometimes you feel like you are actually, uh, as you start to age, that you're actually losing a certain... Uh, uh, d- dimension
10: Right. No,
0: not that one. I mean,
10: um, the. Can I give it another try or something like that? I yeah, that you're that actually, kind of
0: instead of, of, you know, when you're young, you're growing up and you're growing. <coughs> so would I, yeah.
10: Would I say probably the tummy? Having a big belly. The big tummy? Yeah, the big tummy. Even though a lot of people've got big tummies, but some people are kind of worry about more the tummy. Than
0: yeah. Oh, Jose, I'm afraid it's not the tummy.
10: Okay, well, at least I didn't get the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to win either, so yeah, I get to call it- Oh,
0: Jose, come on, we're going to let you do this anyhow. Come on, here. I can't let you I can't let you go. Shrinking, It's shrinking. Shrinking. Yeah, and yeah, these guys are afraid of actually lo- of shrinking, right
10: You've got to be kidding. that there's shrinkage oh. involved. Right: Well, I guess if I'm going to get older, probably I don't have to worry about shrinking because I'm already five, seven,
0: so Yeah, oh no, you're, <laughs> you're way up there. You should be able to hold that for a number of, of years. Yeah, shrinkage. So. And I think right. they mean height, don't they? Jim? I think they, I think they do. It yeah. <laughs> Doesn't come up anymore. Yeah. Anything else? You can tie a string on, so you don't lose it, and, <laughs> and you're fine. Uh, so Jose, congratulations, you qualify for the quiz. But no one else oh, is going to get it anyway. So uh, we, a guy who nearly gets nailed by the cops deserves to be on the show. Uh, and uh, uh,
10: at least at least the cop probably is listening to this right now. So hopefully. He's probably said, I'm going to go give him that ticket. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Watch your rearview mirror after this because you're in serious trouble. And, Jose, what do you do there oh. in Junction City, Kansas?
10: Well, basically, I'm re- retired military. Okay, they excellent. Gave me an early retirement, had an accident. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, I lived over it. But uh, I do professional photography and computer uh, repair.
0: Excellent. Jose, this is Laura. She is your partner here in crime.
10: Hello,
8: Lyra. Hi, Jose.
0: She's in. Uh, what is it called again? Actuarial. Actuarial science. Actuarialness. Yeah. There you go. That's, and, that's uh, big name. So she can tell the odds on anything. Great. Uh, so the two guys work together, Jose and Laura. And what do we got there, Jim?
2: We got current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention. Science or odds and ends. Okay, Jose, you pick the first one.
0: Well, let's go with uh, current events. Current events, right out of the news? Maybe not. Let's see. Yes. Uh, what? Oh. Pulling out all stops after 143 years, the students at Wheaton, Illinois College, danced for the first time. So you folks from Chicago area know the Wheaton couldn't dance. Now they can dance. What did they dance to? Multiple choice. Did they dance to techno, electronica, or sentimental journey? Hmm. The first dance after 143 years at Wheaton. Now you're from Chicago. Wheaton uh, College.
10: Wheaton probably is up there in.
0: Uh, so it's near Chicago.
8: Know, yeah. Suburbs. And I heard this story, but I don't know what they danced to. I would say techno, maybe.
0: Techno, electronica, or sentimental journey.
10: Sentimental journey. Let's see here. If they're out there in Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're in Wheaton. Wheaton sounds kind of like a uh, uh, country type.
2: Need an answer.
1: What
0: do
10: you think? I would, I would say, huh? give me the three choices again. Techno,
0: electronica, or sentimental journey.
10: I think, I would say, uh-huh.
8: I think we should just say techno.
10: Techno? Oh,
8: they're in a hick town. Oh, whoa, I'm getting a nay from the audience. I guess, sentimental I journey.
0: That's right, uh, sentimental <laughs> journey.
8: <laughs> they dance to oldies, but
0: goodies. Well, they've got 143 years to make up for, you understand? So, One right,
2: no wrong. Okay, what's left what's there, Jim? People, like places, not. school, science, odds and ends. Laura?
8: Um, let's go with odds and ends.
2: Jose, was that the cop again? Say again? Was that the
0: cop again? I thought I heard something. No, no, they,
8: they just passed by. I just, I'm just just actually <laughs> hiding here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hunker down a little more behind the wheel. Now. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do here. Okay. Uh, has the number of males knitting increased or decreased in the past decade? You should know this, being an actuary. Number of males knitting increased or decreased in the past decade?
10: You know what? Um, I'd say to me it's increasing because the way it is, there's like 11 women for every man.
0: <laughs> Not around yeah. here. I don't know. Where
10: I mean, there's more men yeah. inside homes than there are outside. Let's uh, go with increasing.
0: You're saying increasing? Yeah. I'm sorry, it's decreased. It's ah. decreased from uh, the high of a decade ago, 14% of males knitted, which is shocking, down to uh, 9%. It went down? Yeah. Women are gone up. But uh, men, are gone. men
10: were ext- getting extinct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the fears we have, right. I think.
2: What? One right, well, one wrong.
0: Okay. Jose, pick one
2: of these. People, places, school, or science.
3: Since I'm
10: in the technical field, let's go with
0: science. Okay, so let's see if this applies to your field. Probably not. Uh, Moralgia parasitica, or something like that, uh, is compression of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve is aggravated by fashion. This is a fashion disease, uh, also known as what thighs? Talking about
10: biology here. Yeah. Thunder
0: thighs. There's what? (laughs) Thunder (laughs) thighs? This is by, by wearing a garment, a piece of, uh, of clothing popular now has caused a disease to just uh, blow out of control here, called uh, Moralgia Paraschetica, compression of the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve aggravated by the wearing of this garment. It's called something thighs, based on the garment itself. Any idea what this is?
10: Hmm. They don't give us a choice?
0: No, they don't do. They don't give you a choice. here.
10: Can we go
8: to another subject? <laughs>
0: Well, if you could tell me what the garment was, it might cause this condition.
8: Uh, here, yeah, uh, let's go with girdle. One,
0: One minute, Michael. You. One minute.
10: No. I don't know. I don't even have a no clue.
0: type of pants, perhaps?
10: Oh. Well, if it's talking about the, uh, what is it? Femur.
0: The femur. Know where the femur is?
10: Yeah. Uh,
0: Beats me. I have no idea where femur is. Thirty seconds. Point it out, Wayne.
8: Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll leave it to the women. Women. Can we women. get some help from the audience? Hip-huggers. Please. Hip-huggers. That's right, hip-huggers, guys.
0: Congratulations. We have to call it there. We're going to give you a victory on that one. Jim Packard, what have they won? Jose,
2: you've won the Sweet Potato Queen's Big-Ass Cookbook and Financial Planner by Jill Connor Brown from Three Rivers Press. And after the big feast, uh, loosen up reading, what are you looking at? The first fat fiction anthology. That's a Harvest original. Laura, after you've carved the turkey, what could be more fun than playing Unexploded Cow? It's the money card game that matches up mad cows from England with unexploded w- uh, World War I bombs in France. It's quite a game, and you'll enjoy it. Congratulations <laughs> to both of
0: you. Excellent. That's something you can't get everywhere. Michael Feldman's Back What Do You Know is produced
2: right. by Wisconsin Public Radio Jose, for Public Radio International. Michael mirror. Feldman, producer, international.
0: He did good.
1: PRI, Public Radio International.